Bob Ambrogi, and welcome to episode 36 of This Week in Legal Blogging, presented by LexBlog. LexBlog is home to the world's largest community of legal bloggers and is the industry-leading provider of professional blogs and turnkey digital publishing solutions to lawyers and the world's largest law firms for more than 16 years. Once again, this is Bob Ambrogi, editor at Law Sites. And today on This Week in Legal Blogging, I am joined by Anthony Zaller, author of the California Employment Law Report. Anthony, welcome to the show. Good morning, Bob. Thanks for having me on. So, Anthony, before we get to your blog, uh, Tell me about your firm and your practice. Sure. So we've got um, a little boutique firm here in Los Angeles. We're in El Segundo, just on the south side of LAX. Uh, we've, we're a smaller firm, about six attorneys, and we focus on employment defense work. So we uh, help California employers. Litigations are bread and butter, but we've been doing a lot of advice and counseling, especially during COVID here to help employers stay compliant with the, the new protocols coming out. And as you can imagine here in California, we've got a lot of, a lot of different state and local protocols and now some paid sick leave issues coming up that we're helping employers comply with. Um, but yeah, so you name it, uh, employment law, uh, we, we uh, have pretty much seen almost every, I would say almost every aspect of employment law here in California. We'll help with the litigation, to advice and counseling, to governmental audits and labor commissioner claims. So, um, uh, but we, you know, we're, we're niched just on the employment defense. And, um, and then we've got a little uh, niche within that too for restaurants. I'd say probably a little more than half of our clients are restaurants. Judging by your LinkedIn profile, if I have it right, you started the Zeller Law Group in 2017, and you were with a different firm before yes. that. Yes. So, um, yeah. So you know, uh, it started. Well, I had a firm with a partner before that, and uh, was doing similar work, uh, employment defense. We had that firm for ten years, and then prior to that, I was working for a, a larger firm that did employment defense. That's how I got into it right out of law school. And that firm had about 40 attorneys throughout the state of California. And as we were talking before the show started, I helped that firm set up their blog. And I think it was, it must have been 2004, 2005, right around that time when the blogs were very coming early, online. Very yep. In the world of blogging. Yep. And I uh, actually was talking with Lex blog, uh, saw what they were doing and, um, had to convince the firm, the partners at the firm, I was a you know third or fourth year attorney to start a blog, and there were some concerns, and I you know and understandably so is new, but you know they were like, well, we were going to put this information out there, and how's it work, and reverse chronological order, and all that, and talk to them about that, and I think the the main pitch was, look, we're already doing a newsletter, why don't we just put the same information up on repurpose it on a blog and, and it's a little more interactive too so they kind of got the idea and um, to their credit they they started it I think the firm still has the blog too uh, after I left they, they kept it going so um, 
Yeah, so I got in. So I guess that means it worked out for yeah. them, and then and then and then you left the firm and and went into uh, a firm of your own, yeah. right? And then started my own. Started the blog soon after yeah. that. Started your own yeah. blog. And then it was just something. Yeah, you know, I don't know why I was attracted to it. Just the writing. Uh, yes, you know, social media has started coming in then, two thousand seven, two thousand eight, getting more interactive. Um, but I could see people were leaving blogs at that point and starting to get into, yeah, podcasting. There's all this other stuff to take your time. But um, it was an interesting time. But I just kind of kept coming back to the blog. And I think, you know, the writer in me, um, it's easy. And you don't have to have all this technology like this running a podcast and audio. And um, it, it gets complicated fast. Whereas a blog, it's pretty easy to set up. And if you're a good writer, you can do it on your own. Well, I think it wasn't it Mark Twain who said the death of blogs was greatly exaggerated. <laughs> uh, I, I've heard so many times about the death of blogs over the years that I've been blogging, and yet they seem to still be going strong. And uh, uh, I know mine is going strong. Yeah. What about yours? How is is yours going yes. strong after all these yes. years? Yes. Um, yeah, it's going great actually. And uh, yep. So I focus. I try to get at least one article out a week, and I know people are saying do more, but. Um, I, and, and then I publish it on Friday and I know that's probably the worst day to probably publish, publish something, but it just works for me. Uh, that's when I can actually things slow down a little bit from the week and I can get it done. So I've got the yeah deadline for myself to at least put out one article a week and, and the little, I don't know, saying or little trick I, I put on myself to do it. it was Friday's five. So it's usually a list of five issues and, uh, and it's nice. It's five issues. It's not like this comprehensive 10 issue list or 20 issue. It's short for the clients to read and just an update. And generally what I've been seeing throughout the week and, um, and it just forces me to sit down and take, you know, um, some time every week to, to look at California employment law. And it's actually helped me as a professional. And I've talked to a lot of people about this before, you know, just to keep on top of the law and, you know, the day to day when it was your litigator, it's easy to keep litigating and you don't sit back and see where the, the law is developing. And it's really been a, a good mechanism for me to, to keep current and learn and, and, you know, again, it's a, an overview. My articles are overview, pretty light. It's not a legal treatise or anything by any means, um, but it's just enough. And then uh, when a client asks, I've got one, maybe an article on the issue or I've read something about it, know what the issue is. And it just really helped me stay current. Yeah, I was going to ask about those, those the way you structure your blog posts with the with the number lists. I mean, it, it, a, a lot of your posts are structured that way, and I had been noticing that five seemed to be the the magic number. A lot of them are, uh, you know, just some of the ones I always saw from recent posts, five key rules to remember about documenting employee performance or five critical questions to ask about Cal OSHA's COVID-19 emergency temporary standards. So, so that five is, is intentional on your part. That's, that's yes. kind of a, 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 a mechanism for you to, uh, uh, for, for yourself, I guess, as a writer is what you're saying. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was a mechanism for myself and then for the reader though. Yeah. And it, and it was just, I, yeah, I wish I could say I did some study on it or something, but again, it was Fridays five, and I said I'll come up with a list of five every Friday, and it just worked, and and it's um and it's been pretty pretty good. Yeah, and it's not a huge list, like I said, so yeah, it works for the reader, I think, and um yeah, it's a good structure, so it's worked out pretty well. 
I think I think there are studies to that effect. I mean, I, I've certainly seen articles suggesting that readers love, you know, the, those kinds of headlines, the, you know, 10 reasons to do this or five reasons to do this or whatever. Uh, and I, I think it does make it nice and it makes it digestible. It makes it easy for the reader. Uh, it organizes it uh, in a way that 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 uh, uh, makes it more readable. So, uh, you know, there probably is some some science between behind the art of, of doing. That. Yeah. And um, for me, too, and I, you know, I don't know, I, I don't fancy myself as like the best writer. I wouldn't say I'm the best writer. So it, it does help, too, with the transitions. And yeah, just easier if, if I tell myself I've got five points I got to make here and I make the five points. <laughs> Is the blog um, entirely uh, DIY? I mean, are you doing it all or are there others in your firm who are helping or contributing? Uh, so I started out on my own, doing it all on my own, but um, now the other lawyers are are writing guest, uh, guest posts, but posts on it as well. Um, so um, not, not as regularly as I do. You know, I want to have at least something up every week, but They've been doing a good job helping helping out, and if there's an issue that they uh, really like to write on or have done some research on before, they'll turn that into an article and um, and help out. And you know, it's it's really nice to have that help too, um, to li- lift some of that burden off. And and I think it's good for the readers too to have some different voice voices and um, perspectives and styles to read from. And um, so yeah, that definitely helps. And who do you who do you identify as your readers? Is it primarily uh, potential or existing clients, or do you see it as broader audience than that? Or maybe I'm a little different with everybody, but you know, I want to put it out there, to, not to a narrow you know focus. And I know I'm writing on the legal issues, but um, hopefully, it's helping a lot of people and. Um, I'm bringing some knowledge to just the general public and I don't have this, this idea that I'm going to write to get clients or I'm going to write just to focus, help clients or something. But, uh, it's just, yeah, you know, put some value out there for people and the general public at large too. And that's one thing about the internet blogging too. I mean, it's amazing what, uh, I think how educated people can get on these very difficult issues. And, you know, before, before blogs, the internet, you know, when I was growing up to research what the laws were that would apply to your business, um, I could only imagine, you know, how to, how to do that. And now you can go out and, you know, obviously you've got to be out on the internet with um, some caution, obviously, and everything you read on the internet's not true, but, um, you know, you can definitely educate yourself, though, and, and from different sources and start piecing together a pretty good framework of what you think, you know, what issues you're dealing with. And then it helps, you know, you still, you know, especially here in California, larger clients, larger businesses need lawyers to help um, navigate this, but it can focus the the companies and the HR people into certain issues. So when they're talking to the lawyer, it's not starting from scratch. They're starting at 50% or 60% or even, you know, some of our more sophisticated clients are on top of these issues, you know, almost as just as good as a lawyer. And um, so it's, it's a great resource like that. So I'm writing for the general, yeah, general 
just knowledge base, I, I guess I'd say. And, you know, and some of my posts, I, I've been trying and I struggle with it to get it to some leadership um, ideas or management issues or general HR issues. And I have a hard time you know, personally going into that. I don't think I'm necessarily a, you know, knowledge expert on that but those have been doing well and um and i kind of have to keep that in mind this year i think that's one of my goals is to um, get into those different types of um more um softer you know management and hr um issues and i think you know there's a lot of um thirst for that type of knowledge out there too so it sounds like you're really combining a balance of, of current awareness with developments in the law with with a almost like a resource library for people working in uh, in employment in the employment field, whether in HR or, or whatever yep. else. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And then it helps, too. Um, too. And uh, I've been writing a lot about California paid sick leave. Uh, we just had a law passed by the governor, signed by the governor um, earlier in March here. And. I just write the article and then when I get 50 calls <laughs> from clients or 50 emails, I don't have to write that email 50 times or the summary 50 times. So it just, here's the link to the article. Um, let me know and if you have any questions from there. So it does help on that as well. It's uh, well, it goes back to that old that, that old fashioned newsletter you were talking about that the law firms used to do. I mean, it's, uh, you know, the, the modern day equivalent of that in some ways. Yes. Uh, a client advisory or a client alert or whatever they used to call it. <laughs> yep. uh, one of the things that uh, struck me uh, in in uh, looking not just at your blog, but looking at your online presence is you have a really strong online presence that goes beyond your blog. You're on YouTube and you're all over social media. Uh, but it seems, it strikes me that, that the blog is kind of the anchor of, of all of that for you. So I mean, what, what is your approach to, uh, to, to that? How do you use the blog in relation to whatever else you're doing on social media. Yeah. So, you know, as I, and as I said before, the blog, I started early with the blog. It's kind of my go-to. It's just something, um, you know, I can do on my, on my own. And if it's Friday night late, <laughs> and sometimes that's where it, what it comes out to, it's 10 o'clock at night. I still haven't written an article and I'm working on it Friday night, but I can just do it on my own. I don't need a camera set up. I don't need to interview anybody. Um, the, the technology is, you know, pretty easy to use and I can just publish when I want at, you know, in the evening. And, um, so that's why I kind of go to it, but that is the foundation, I think. Um, and then we use that, that content then, that, um, that I'm, I'm putting out on those articles on the blog to, um, share throughout social media. And what opened my eyes, you know, I was listening to a few different, business authors about publishing and social media, to be honest with you, I'm not into it on the personal level at all. And I don't like sharing that stuff at all. Um, but they were saying it's just, you're, people consume things differently and some people don't like reading. They rather listen to this podcast and other people like seeing the video. They've and then other people prefer different platforms, Instagram to LinkedIn. And, I was like, yeah, I've got this content. Why not just share it on the different platforms and the different media that other people might prefer? And I, yes, I like reading and I like writing, but 
a lot of people don't like reading after a long day of work and they want to get caught up on some issues and stuff. They rather listen to it or watch a video. So that's really kind of forced me into it. Um, yeah. Yeah. To those different platforms. Yeah. Well, you can't always ex- wait for people to come to you. You kind of have to go to the, go to them and go to where yeah. they are. And it's been eye opening too. And you know, like Instagram, uh, I wouldn't think my clientele's there, but with the restaurants, my little restaurant niche, there's a lot of restaurants on Instagram and I put a post on and sure enough, a client will like it. And, and then I'm seeing what they're doing too. So, um, it's just fascinating and you're always learning. Right? And, and again, I'm not looking at the, the analytics behind it though, if you know, I don't have too many Instagram followers or anything, but I've got a few connections and if one or two clients connect with it and see the content there, that's great. What, what about video? I mean, you were talking about the nice thing about blog posts is you don't need any of the equipment, but it seems like you also put some time into putting some video out yep, there. Yep. So, um, yeah, we've, uh, we've made a pretty significant investment to, to do that. But again, it, it's tough. Um, you've got to get the, well, it, everything's coming along now. You don't have to spend a huge amount of money and, and have a, uh, to do a really pretty good job on it but it, it takes a little know-how in the editing and putting it up and everything so um there there's some know-how behind it but i've made an effort to that yeah with our youtube channel and again um and i think in this day and age this content uh, people are looking to get to consume the content through all these different avenues and i think video is a big one in audio i'm a big proponent of the podcasts too um and i consume a ton of content through the, the podcast uh, just when i'm running you know it's so great to have something in your ear and um and you're learning so much there's so much information out there and i kind of kid my wife my commute when i moved my office here uh to el segundo in 2017 i live about three miles away and for before that yeah my commute in la since out of law school would be at least 45 minutes to over an hour and i really use that commute time to listen to podcasts and, and i was staying up to date now my wife will mention some current affairs issue and i'm like what what's going on and I don't have that time to um, to listen and keep up to date. And I realized I was relying on that to learn and, and stay informed. So it's a great, great avenue. Do you have a podcast? Yes, we have a podcast too. What is your podcast? Uh, Zoller Talk. Same, the same? Yes. So, and again, it kind of built off of our other um, content. Once in a while, I'll do some interviews like this with people. But um, for the most part, it's um, taking some of our content from our videos and turning it into the audio-only format, too. And again, it's how people consume it. You know, And if you don't want to use the bandwidth on your phone to watch a video, you could download the audio and listen to it on the bus or something like that. It was interesting when you said that you're you might find yourself on a Friday night uh, writing up a blog post. Uh, what, what's harder for you? Is it writing the post or is it coming up with what you're going to write about each week? So yeah, I don't know. It, it, it goes back and forth actually, um, um, both of those. But yeah, once I've got the the content for the post, then the writing comes along easier. And if you kind of struggle at the idea, then you're kind of pushing some. That's not that great, or you're not too into it. The writing is is definitely harder. So I think the idea um, is key coming up with that. And you know, I have to say, my dad's an engineer. He can't write. He he could do math. You know, <laughs> and uh, help me get through math in high school and everything. But he, he's like, 
writing, you know, is like how I told him I got to write once a week. So I have to, you're never going to come up with content from once, once a week. How are you going to do that? But it's just a perspective. And once you sit down and think about it, um, and you, once you get into the habit, you always kind of have in the back of your mind, like, yep, what could I, what could I use? And then a conversation comes up and actually, you know, I'm thinking about it right now that this podcast with you, could I use it, you know, and turn that into an article. And there's so much content around and conversations you're having with other people and things you're picking up during the week that you could share with others. Um, and once you kind of get into the habit and you have it in the back of your mind, it's pretty easy to keep that going. Yeah, that's funny. Your conversation with your your father reminds me of one I had with my son, who actually produ- he produces my podcast, and uh, I, I had been doing a different podcast before that. And before I got him involved and in working with me, uh, we were having a conversation, uh, and I said I was going to be doing this podcast about innovation and law, and he said, "Well." You're, you're going to run out of people to talk to after about six months, right? There's not very many interesting people in law. Uh, well, I'm still going. going. Still haven't run out of. Yeah. And it, it, is that hard for you, though, to keep the, um, well, just the scheduling side of it, too, is at least for me, I've got a law firm to run and litigation going on, but um, there's a lot of back end to that. Uh, but you've been doing well on it. But yeah, is it hard for you to kind of keep it going, though? It, you know, it, it's probably like you. I mean, there are weeks. There are weeks when I uh, can't keep up with it. Uh, I've got. I've got uh, I do still practice law, and I've got a whole bunch of other stuff going on all the time. So there are times when it's hard, but uh, I really enjoy it. Yeah. And I'm sure you really. You know, it's part of. I think that's part of uh, what keeps us all going with blogs and podcasts and everything else. So just about everybody I talk to, who's been blogging for a long time, they don't tell me they don't like blogging. Right. <laughs> they tell me they really enjoy it. And, you know, sometimes it's a struggle, but overall they find it rewarding. Right. Right. But then it's just a good way to connect with people like this, that, you know, yeah. we could do this and just think, you know, 10 years ago, this would be hard. I mean, we've got video going here and you're across the country and it's almost free. <laughs> yep. One of the uh, questions people always wonder about, uh, at least about blog, law firm blogs or lawyer blogs, is whether it has any impact on the lawyer's practice. Uh, What's been your experience? Yeah. uh, So I would say uh, for sure. Uh, But, you know, it's not this idea, though. And I think lawyers have to get the idea out of their head, like, well, I'm going to write and I'm going to get all these clients. Um, It's more of one like we were talking about the development for the attorneys writing and and just staying current with your your area of practice and then two um it's almost like a a branding play too with um you know you don't necessarily get new clients from it i think it, it could be a byproduct of it but with your existing clients though too once they're in your ecosystem in your firm it's a way for them to stay informed and help them out like i mentioned too and they have a question you've already written an article on it you could share that with them or and what we do too is we turn the content from the blog actually the newsletter we're going back to the the old newsletters too we're still running newsletter um it's funny really people still read yeah it's funny how it kind of comes around (laughs) and um so we're going back to that. We have that content. And again, it's just different people consume the information different. And some people don't have time to come check my blog or read the email that goes out when I post to the blog, but they'll read that one email we send a, a, week, a 
a month with the summary of everything. And um, so then the clients can see like, okay, yes, you know, this is our employment attorney. They're, they're staying up to date. Uh, they're helping with current, current issues. And um, it's, and I think it goes to overall um, credibility in your practice area and, um, you know, see so your clients reassures your clients that yes, you're, you know, you're knowledgeable on that area and you're, you're a thought leader on that area. I don't know if the thought leader is correct, but some, yeah, you're knowledgeable and you're, you're staying current and, and the other aspect of it too, before a client hires you, they get to learn a lot about how you operate too and approach issues and how you write. And, right. um, and actually going back to the video and everything, it's funny, we've had a few clients come in, they won't even introduce themselves. They think we know each other already. <laughs> and it's because they've been reading and watching our stuff on the internet. And um, I kind of have to remind myself, like, yeah, they, they've seen a lot of, on me, but yeah, who are you? What, what's going on here? That's really interesting. You're you're kind of a, a celebrity. Uh, I, I yeah. mean, they, they recognize you from the media. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's the, uh, yeah, the, uh, the HR... Um, the HR nerds in California. <laughs> Probably a lot of those in California. <laughs> Have there been uh, any other outcomes in terms of your professional career from blogging? I mean, other than just getting clients, you know, has it led to speaking opportunities or, or, or other kinds of things like that? Um, yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, you get invi invited to speak on some panels, um, different issues. Actually, um, yeah. Uh, different uh, some some tech issues co have come uh, different tech panels on privacy issues. Um, uh, just last year, actually, before um, COVID hit, was over at Boston University, speaking on a privacy panel and uh, American Bar Association as well. A few years before that, and so it leads to that. You were at BU and you didn't call me. I'm right in the yeah, area. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know you yet at that time. I <laughs> Next time, yeah, 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 and. Um, but yeah, so that's been been great, and um, and then also too, um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've got an HR contact. He was studying for one of the HR exams, and it was years ago. One of the HR certification companies reached out, liked one of my articles, and said, "Hey, could we use this for our training?" And I said, "Sure." And this contact of mine was studying on a Saturday or something, took a picture of his book. He's studying for the exam, sent it to me. And it's my, you know, uh, it wasn't an article, but I think they cited me and, and had some of the, the things in there that I, I had written about. And uh, he said, hey, you're studying for my HR exam and saw you in there. So that that was kind of kind of nice. Um to, to see. So it, it's getting out there. Other, other people are using it. And again, I kind of take the approach, you know, I'm not, if anybody asks to reuse it, generally it's like, yes, please, please share and, and reuse it. And there's another yeah. publication right now. I'll reach out and um, re, repost some of my, my articles and give me credit for it on their blog. But, and um, yeah, and it, I'm glad they're, they're getting some value out, out of it and resharing it. And, yeah. And then every now and then you get an email, another friend of mine, lawyer from law school said, I saw your post through this other legal publication. And it's kind of nice to see that. Uh, what advice do you have for other bloggers? What What are some of the key lessons you've learned about what makes a blog successful? Don't overthink it and write on what, what you like to uh, write on and, um, and don't overthink it. 
do what you like, what topic you like, go where your interests lead to, and then three, um, don't don't listen to uh, a lot of the feedback. I mean, you got to take some of the feedback, but a lot of people are. There's going to be some negative people out there, and if you miss a period on some sentence or some grammar, you're going to always get that email saying, "Oh, you've." did that and, and that can nod you at times but you just got to put that aside and and keep keep producing and writing and um once you get over that hurdle I, it, it's it actually becomes really fun and it's funny to see that coming in and i'm probably the worst with that too because i'm writing at 10 o'clock at night on a friday i've probably had a whiskey or something too and it's probably a bunch of typos in it but Part of me is like, just as long as I'm posting every week, um, and again, I'm trying to make them look as good as I can, but um, I think it's more important to get the product out there to ship it than wait for perfection, because if we're all waiting for it to be perfect, you'll never put anything out there. There, There is, a, I think we all learned, there is an army of armchair copy editors out there <laughs> who are just waiting to catch you in, in some mistake. Uh I'm glad to hear you get it too, because I thought it was just me. Uh, I get, I've got a couple of people who, within ten minutes of my putting up a post, I'll, I'll, I'll be getting an email from them saying, "You know, you missed something somewhere." Yes. yes. Um, well, uh, Anthony, thanks a lot. It's been a real pleasure to speak with you uh, and uh, enjoyed the talk. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Bob. And uh, yeah, it was nice meeting you over the the podcast. Continued success with your blog and your podcast and, and your law practice as Great. well. Thanks to you as well. well. Yeah. Thanks. So once again, this was episode 36 of This Week in Legal Blogging. If you haven't yet, be sure to peruse our full library of shows wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, drop us a quick rating or review. We'd appreciate it. Lastly, head to lexblog.com slash T-W-I-L-B, that's for this week in legal blogging, for transcribed Q&As of each and every show. On behalf of myself and everybody at Lexblog, thanks for listening.